This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by K-Pop Sunday before you have to go back to work on Monday. Where are your hosts, Onyx, Men, and JR? Welcome to episode 30. We managed to do 30 episodes, which is pretty incredible since in the beginning we did not know what we were doing at all. We had no editing skills, and if our skills in editing has really gotten here, we're not sure yet, but we've made something and we made 30 of them so far, which is incredible. The reason why I'm starting off this episode in this way is because this is technically our season end last episode because we're going on a tiny break after this episode's release and we won't be back for a little while but there's a good chance for a season two coming up sometime in 2021 but we'll talk more about that towards the end of the episode anyhow episode 30 today we will be talking about our favorite releases of 2020 as well as some of our hopes and dreams for 2021 so Shall we just start off with our favorite songs? JR, what is the song you enjoyed this year? So, much to my surprise, according to Spotify, Oh Really by N Flying was my most listened to song of the year. And I really didn't think it would be this one. I thought that maybe it would be Daisy by Pentagon, even though it's a newer release than Oh Really Was. Or even some of the songs that came out before this album, which I think the comeback date was in June or something like that. But yeah, it was their first release with Dong Song, and the promotions for this were just a lot of fun, and they all looked really happy. And I was just, I was content. It was a good one. I still listen to it today. And that's about it. Onyx, why don't you tell us what your first song is? My favorite song from this year was Icon's Dive. I have listened to that song so much this year. I don't know why, but I love Icon's sad songs the most, such as Killing Me and I'm Okay. Dive was especially just so good for me because the instrumental, especially the beginning, was beautiful. The lyrics were very touching. And just the way the whole song is put together, it's just gorgeous. So I really enjoyed it. When this first came out, I remember you saying that this was, I don't know how exactly you phrased it, but you essentially said this was going to be the song of the year. And I agree. I like this one a lot. It's so catchy. And I, yeah, I see you have here written Killing Me. And I don't know if I know I'm okay, but it did give the same vibe as Killing Me. And I just, I really love all of those songs in that kind of category that Icon has. It also might have sounded different to me as well because it was sort of in the backdrop of their leader being gone. Yeah, that's true. And so it felt like that, I'd, I don't know if that they meant for it to be targeted towards him, but if they did, it's it was genuinely perfect. Like, I also heard people say that I miss you also kind of reminds them of that whole time period. But I think I Miss You came out when their leader was still with them. I believe so. Yeah, because it was like a year or so before that. But it's just so pretty. Like, Icon is really good at sad songs. But the lyrics always have something more to them. So that may just be why they stick out to me. So Min, what was your favorite this year? So one of my favorite releases which is probably very predictable is CL's Hua and also Five Stars. They got released together so I'm counting them as one. But basically CL came back. She had a 
proper-ish comeback with her 2019 songs were more just like, hey, here's music I made for her 2020 singles. She did some promotion for it and it's great and I can't wait for her album that will hopefully drop next year. I really liked her songs. It was really nice seeing her be back again. <laughs> I know, it's been a while. Yeah. I'm a big fan of female artists, okay? I'm just gonna say it. I loved Jessie's Nunu Nana. I loved seeing Ihyori in the music video. Even though she didn't feature on the song, it was still just really cool seeing her in the music video and I didn't know she was gonna be in it. So I was like, whoa, I know that woman. She looks so good. <laughs> and yeah, I just... I, I really like Jessie. I love seeing how much of a part of the K-pop world she has become because she did initially try to be a K-pop idol. That didn't work out. She became more of an underground rapper, continued in the underground rapping realm, and has actually become a mainstream rapper. I wouldn't necessarily call her a idol in the typical K-pop idol sense, but she is probably the closest underground rapper to become an actual idol. It also does help that she almost became an idol in the beginning, but you know. She's getting there, and it's interesting. Do you know? Yeah. JR, do a song. More song. Music. A Pink really only does one release a year at this point, and that kind of hurts my heart. But they're doing other things, and I understand that, you know, everyone getting together is probably not as easy as it used to be. And like, Namju had her solo debut this year, and that was great. I think Unji had a comeback this year too, but A Pink did have one comeback altogether, and that was Dum Dum. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It like when you say it out loud, just speaking it, it sounds really stupid. But in the song, it makes sense. Mm. But yeah, I think that everything they've been putting out recently has been gold, and that's literally one title track a year at this point. But yeah, the horn in it was fake, as far as I know. Like it sounds pretty fake, but it's still was there and I love that and it had really fun styling it was really bright and colorful and the choreography was really fun too so just all around a really great song super catchy stuck in my head forever also there was a part of the choreography that went viral for a while and that was really cool like you look at it and you just get mesmerized it flowed so well but yeah I think people should give them more love and you know they're an older group but they're still great yeah, and I really, really love the aesthetics of this, both song, dance, music video. It's just so perfect, and it's not what I expected A-Pink to end up as, but I'm so happy that they ended up this way. Right? Yeah, I completely It agree. just fits them so well. I love it. <laughs> mm -hmm. They've come a long way. Onyx, what about you? Your next one. So for my second pick, I want to talk about Refund Sisters with their track, Don't Touch Me. So this was really unexpected. I was not expecting these guys to make my top music choices of the year. I loved the unification of the different generations of K-pop. If you had Um Jung Hwa, you had Lee Hyori, you had Jessie, as we talked about earlier, and you had Hwasa from Mamamoo. So... Just seeing those four powerful, in my personal opinion, very powerful, very standout, very talented women come together for a song that was 
the definition of a banger was very exciting for me. It's very happy about it. I love all of these performers separately and also I'm a weird mess when it comes to dances and I do follow a select few k-pop choreographers and one of the k-pop choreographers that I do follow on social media is the one who did the dance for Refun Sisters and I was so in shock. I love I love it. I kind of wish that they had gotten a bigger budget for the music video though I it was made through a tv show I'm pretty sure so I get it but like just give them a little bit more money to work with here you have big big names that was my only issue with it but I do love the song I also loved how Lee Hyori really looked in this music video because this kind of look reminded me of like old school Lee Hyori because she's not looks like that in a long time and she her parts were just dazzling I think is the only (laughs) word I could think of um Jung Ha was very cute. I was not expecting to think of her as cute, but she was. I would have liked some more Hossa. I love Jessie's rap, too. Yeah. So I need to continue my streak of just loving women, I guess. But Chunga has had a great year. She has really found her style this year, both musically and in dance. My favorite releases of her this year was Stay Tonight, Play, and Dream of You, which is pretty much... All her main releases, she did some off singles here and there, but these three are just wonderful. I love them. I love the styling of all of them. I love how they sound. And her choreographers have really nailed her dance style, which I am so happy with because it's such a particular mix of your normal K-pop dance style mixed in with like voguing and whacking. And it's just wonderful. I really love her choreographers. Her main ones are Rian and also Love Run. They're not the only people that have worked on Chunga's choreographies. This is a thing with most K-pop dance choreos. They're not made by one person. They're often made by multiple people, multiple teams of people. And sometimes the backup dancers like Chunga has usually the same people as backup dancers every time because she uses the same choreographer most of the time and then it's a big collaboration of people making these dances and i just love the style she has ended up with now i don't really like being like this person is gonna be the next version of this other celebrity that has been around for a lot longer but i have this weird thing where i low-key could see Chungha in like 10-15 years becoming what Boa is to people who have been in K-pop for as long as we have because we're old people. <laughs> like I wouldn't be surprised if that happened but you never know. She might quit like next year and start acting or something. Who knows? But Chungha's songs are great. I listen to all our discography. It's, it's so good. <laughs> If I continue talking about Shunga, I will just be rambling, so I should stop now. <laughs> yeah, she... I, I was so bad about following releases this year, but I wish I had followed her a bit more. And that's probably one of the things I'm going to try to do next year. But yeah, she always she's always so polished, I feel like, is a good yes. term for her. She just does everything mm. so well. Yeah, and you can kind of see that she really enjoys what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Since both Stay Tonight and Play weren't main title tracks, 
in a way. They were like, I'm gonna release an album, but I really like these songs and these songs deserve a music video. So I'm gonna do that. If I understood her correctly, I might be completely wrong about that. I think it was something like that. I don't know. JR, what is your next, 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 next of the next? The next next is Daisy by Pentagon, which I'm sure you guys are not surprised about. <laughs> Dr. Bebe also came out this year, but if I were to compare the two, which I really shouldn't because they are very different, I would say that Daisy was my favorite from both of them in the sense that I liked the song, the title track more, but also the B-sides more. Hmm. Yeah, it was really pretty, both the song and the music video, and the B-tracks for that mini-album were really great. It was their first mini-album without Jinho, and it'll probably be their last mini-album with Hui, until, of course, obviously both of them come back. So it was kind of bittersweet, but I really enjoyed it. And I'll talk a little bit about something that I'm sure universes are curious about in a little bit, but yeah. That was definitely in my top five songs of this year, probably. It's good. So another big song I really liked this year was Jungkook's Hyuk's He. I love this song because it was so chill and I did not expect it to get stuck in my head so much. But also a huge reason why I loved it was that the music video was a continuation for H.O.T.'s music video for Hope back in, back in the days, back in the 90s. In that music video, he was basically being a jerk and he got hit by a truck when he was riding on a motorcycle and he had to go to the hospital. In the original music video, he ended up being okay and he stopped being a delinquent like he was earlier. But in this music video, after he crashes, he travels in time 20 years into the future and he's trying to figure out why he's alone. And there's just some fear in there. And I think that it's a really interesting tie that fans really freaked out over. Because, like, he's continuing the story from a music video. It was just really fascinating. Because he came out with He and he came out with She this year, but I prefer He. Even though She was the big one he was promoting. Mm -mm. He just, he was so sad. <laughs> like, he's, he, the last two years, his promotions have been very melancholy. Or as it used to be very high energy dance music. So it's been a very strange transition seeing him sort of not be as hyper as he used to be. He, he used to be the big screamer in H.O.T., by the way. Hmm. He was known as, like, the dancing machine, and he would always scream. So for my very last pick of our little favorite songs of the year recap, it's not actually a K-pop song, because it's not technically pop, but it's a really good song. And it's Dasut? Dasut? It's a band. I'm bad at pronouncing Korean names. They have a song called Pigeon, which is just so great. It was released really early in the year. And I shared it with you too, and I know that JR really liked it too. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's so good. It's best Korean indie band song of the year. Please go listen to the Pigeon song. It's just so good. And watch the video. The video is great. The Pigeon music video is basically how to do a low-budget music video. Get your dad to join. <laughs> it's just a good time all around. It's great. Moving on from me and my weird pigeon songs. I also really like pigeons, just in general. The music video has too few pigeons. I agree. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. I was really expecting someone to dress up. Have you guys seen that one gif of basically this man is feeding pigeons? 
Yes. And then there's someone who comes along dressed in a pigeon costume who, like, runs into him. <laughs> and then, like, he, like, pushes it away. I was expecting someone to do that at some point. So I was kind of disappointed it didn't happen. Same. So my next one is not really about songs. I'm just going to lump together three male solo artists that I listen to a lot of because nowadays male solo artists are kind of my go-to. And these are probably also in like the top artists that I listen to this year, even though they're all kind of different genre-wise. But last year, I believe it was, Min introduced me to I1 through his song Idea because she sent it in the chat. And this year I really got into his music as a whole. We did mention him a little bit in the co-ed school episode because he used to be a member of co-ed school and his name was Teha at the time. That might be his actual name. I1 is obviously his stage name. Anyway, his music is really good and there's a few that really stick out to me that you will be able to see a bit later on when Min announces something. (laughs) (laughs) The next male solo artist is Sam Kim, and I'm sure no one is shocked because he is pretty much all I listen to. But he came out with a few singles, including a fantastic OST, and the one with Neve specifically. It's like a collaboration between the two called Like a Fool. I highly recommend that one and also check Neve out too he's really great he does a lot of solo work but he also writes songs that have gone to some pretty big artists so you might actually have heard his music already even though he did not sing it and finally Jung Seoon who was actually my artist of the year again according to Spotify which at first I was surprised but then also not because after I thought about it I really did listen to mostly him this year like I was in his 0.001% of listeners, which I take a lot of pride in. But yeah, his mini album, which was released this summer, wasn't actually my favorite. It had some really great tracks in it, but I was really mostly listening to his other discography. Go listen to Feeling. It's one of my favorites. It's fantastic. And yeah, that's pretty much wrapping up this year for me. So my last song that I really enjoyed this year should come as absolutely no surprise to anyone. It was Nora Joe's Bread. So I have laughed myself sick over this just because the videos of it are so hilarious. Like the behind the scenes of the dancers who are doing the most of the choreography because the guys just stand with their music stands. But also there's a bunch of videos on YouTube, very easy to find, of Nora Joe's stylist putting together the outfits for them. And especially because one of the members, he is dressed up as a picnic table. Oh my gosh. And they went through like a whole thing of getting fake bread (laughs) and gluing it on there. And he's had so much trouble going through doors, but it is just perfect. And then the other member, he, they literally had a drink and cut up milk cartons. And then he carries this, it's supposed to basically be a bag or a tote and has milk in it. So one member's the picnic table and like the bread and then the other guy's the milk. So funny. It is just impressive. As someone who used to do a lot of sewing, it just is impressive of how much the artist put together. It's just fascinating. Like, I don't think there's anyone else like Nora Joe. And also, if you want a really good cardio workout, the dance for bread is so intense. Especially if you do the backup dancer's dance. It is intense and so fun. But intense. 
Speaking of bread, let's get this bread. Let's talk about dramas and then I have one video I would like to recommend that has nothing to do with dramas. <laughs> so, JR, why don't you go ahead and start us off with dramas you like this year because you're kind of our drama queen. Not because <laughs> you're dramatic, but because you love other people being dramatic. Alrighty. One of my favorite dramas of this year was A Piece of Your Mind, and I was really disappointed because this one actually ended up getting cut down by four episodes. That happened quite a bit, actually, this year, much more than it has in the past. There were quite a few dramas that were shortened due to poor viewership, which is not really usual. Like, I've seen quite a few dramas that were quite bad, and they ended up with the final <laughs> the final amount of episodes that they were supposed to, but... I just, I really love this one, and I was so disappointed it didn't do well with the general public. But a lot of people found it boring, which I was shocked at, because I found the storyline to be very compelling. And the two main actors, Chae Soo Bin and Jung Hae In, are really great actors. Like, I'm always looking out for their work. And I just thought they had really great chemistry, and it was a very fresh storyline. I hadn't seen anything like it up until this point. So it's only 12 episodes, if that piques your interest, because I know some people think like 16 one hour long episodes is a lot. This one might be a little bit more your speed since it's a bit shorter. Another one that I want to talk about quick is My First First Love, seasons one and two. And this was actually almost a year old when I first watched it because I just kind of skipped over it when it first came out, and I wish I hadn't, because it was really great. And the funny thing is that while I was watching it, I was like, this is so familiar. I couldn't put my finger on why. Everything just seemed like I had seen it before. And then I was doing some research, and back all the way in 2015, when I first started watching K-dramas, I watched a web drama with a very star-studded cast. Like, if you go up and look at the cast now, you'd be like, wow, they've been in quite a few big shows up till this point, like five years later. And it was called Because It's My First Time, and I really love that show. And this show, My First First Love, is a reboot of that show, and the first season was essentially an expansion of the original web drama, and I just thought that was hilarious, that I didn't realize I was watching the exact same show I watched five years ago. Oh. It was... <laughs> it was... <laughs> I was very disappointed in myself <laughs> but yeah it was really great and it's very cute coming of age type thing and jisoo the main character he's adorable and if any of you watched when i was most beautiful i suggest watching this now because the angst is taken down like 10 notches for sure it was just it was just heartwarming i think it was a good one my last one, which I would probably say was my favorite drama of the year, was Do You Like Brahms? And I said this on our Twitter because I have been doing many drama reviews on there every once in a while. It was slow burn, but not slow paced, if that makes sense. Like, everything happened in its own time, and it made sense in the timeline that it did end up happening. And it was just really sweet. It was one of a few dramas that came out this year that were centered on classical music. And this was another one of those. And it really incorporated everything in really well. I really like this writer and I hope to see more of their work in the coming years. But yeah, I'm a really big fan of Park Eun-bin and Kim Min-jae. And watching them together was incredible. I just, I love that one so much. 
So if you watch any of these, I probably would suggest Do You Like Brahms the most? Not if you like slow ones. If you like something more upbeat, watch My First First Love. Those were a few dramas that really stood out to me this past year. I have not heard of any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. Meanwhile, I only watched one drama that came out this year. Uh, I watched It One Class, and the reason why I started it was because of the song Start, which is the theme song for not only the show, but also for Korea this year. (laughs) I heard this everywhere back in spring and summer. Like, when I went to Seoul, I'd hear it outside my bedroom window. I'd hear it. Every store I went into, I heard it. And I also ended up talking to people because of this song. Like, the first time I heard it was I was going into a 7-Eleven, and one of the ladies who was at the counter was playing on her phone, and I asked her, you know, what's the song? What's it from? And I asked in Korean, no problem. And she wrote it down for me. I was like... Oh, it's from that Itaewon class drama. <laughs> and she told me that, oh, you should watch it. And I was like, okay, I will. And so then I got into watching the drama. So it was kind of unifying for people because there were times when I would start a conversation with someone because of this drama. <laughs> I'd find that someone else had an interest. That's fun. Yeah, because around the time that this song got to be a big deal was when the virus was going on. So people were being kind of, you know, away from each other. Mm-hmm. But this was kind of something where it's like I could start talking to people. We had a common interest and it wasn't something obnoxious like everyone was in on it. Right. And I think that's also partially because the lyrics are really uplifting. Like the whole the whole point of Itaewon class is to uplift people, you know. So when we're going through such a hard time, having a song like that, I think, is really helpful because that that one has been on my playlist ever since it came out. Gaho is a really great artist. His voice is incredible. So I'm really excited to see more of that from him. Do you have anything to say about the drama itself? I like the drama at first, but I did not like the ending strictly because there are some dramas that do this nowadays, and I hate it, where they just drag out the mm-hmm. ending. Like the main story arc that got you into the drama ended, and then they have to continue it. Was, was it 20 episodes or was it 16? I honestly... It could have been 10 episodes, but I watched the last episode the night before I left Korea with a friend of mine, and we had to go hurry up and, like, finish helping me pack. So I was just like, when will this end? (laughs) It just felt like a marathon. Yeah. But once again, it might have also been because I was on a very strict time limit. There was also the night when I had to re-dye my hair, so we were just like, we gotta hurry and do this. Yeah, no, I agree with you about the ending. I feel like... Up to the climax, I guess you could say, of the main conflict, it was going great. I was like, this is incredible. Everyone's acting is really well. The writing is really good. And then it came to the big conflict. And I was like, this just fell into every single trope every K-drama has ever encountered type thing. It just, I was so disappointed in the way it turned out because... They, I mean, like, the last episode, it essentially focused on the two... The relationship. Yeah, the relationship. That really wasn't needed. And it wasn't needed. Yeah, and throughout the whole thing, I felt like the love line was kind of useless. I didn't really see much chemistry between the leads either. They added it because people like watching love stories, I think. But I felt like it almost detracted. I used to read more webtoons, but I feel like... I have not seen a webtoon 
that was converted into a drama to know how well it lined mm. up or like what was changed. Like that's the thing with movies is that mostly they're inaccurate to the books. Like that was a big criticism of the Harry Potter books. I particularly hate the third movie because of that. <laughs> but then I think about like the outsiders where like the book and the movie were very close. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's the same issue for manhwas. In general, from the ones that I've watched that were based off of webtoons, that I have actually read their webtoons, if it's ended, it fits a bit better with the the actual storyline in the K-drama. It fits a little bit better according to the webtoon. But if the webtoon hasn't ended, it kind of diverges and goes a bit crazy, which that happens all the time in anime too. So I just, I just wish people would wait until the webtoon ends and then make the K-drama. <laughs> so to round out this section... I just wanted to talk about something that's not a drama, just a video I recommend. So NCT releases a lot of videos. So Johnny has a show where he basically does a lot of different things. But in one of the videos that came out this year, Johnny showed how K-pop albums are made. Just the physical copy of how the CD itself is made, how the songs are put on there, how the album artwork is just like put in there as well as like the photo cards basically how like the physical album is built it shows the whole process and it was just such a fascinating video so i had never seen anything like that before i did not know how many steps or how many people were involved so i assumed that a lot of other people probably didn't know it either so in our google doc i left a little link so that you could watch it for yourself because i feel like it's something that's very interesting also because i'm a sucker for those how it's made videos now let's move on so now we're going to be talking about some predictions that we made last year in 2019 about 2020 because as we all know us three we're very good we all see into the future we're totally totally got stuff accurate so we're going to talk about the predictions or the hopes that we had for 2020 that we made in 2019. We're going to talk about the stuff that actually happened. Then we're going to talk about what we predict or hope will happen in 2021. So, Min, what was your first prediction or hope that came true? So back in January, when our hopes and predictions episode came out, I really, really, really wanted more trot girl groups and we did get a couple of trot girl groups some trot boy groups but they're not that important i love girl groups okay i'm very biased i'm just everybody everybody knows it but my two favorite trot groups that debuted this year was bilsi i think that's how you say it but their song Beepoo Beepoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any other way to say that song name. It is wonderful. I love it. It's fun. It's cute. And trios? You don't see a lot of trios anymore. And it's just great. And the other child girl group is OK Girl Group. So that's, that is a name to call any group who is debuting. But yeah, OK Girl Group released the song You Don't Know My Mind, which is a bit of a wordy title, but it is... Also a very, very good song. And the group consists of generally older women. They're not really that old, but they are in their 30s to 40s-ish. And it's just fun to see. You don't often see people in that age range make their debut. 
as singers. And it's a really fun song. And I really hope these groups get to release more music because as with many small company groups, there is always a chance that they will just release one song and disappear forever. I really hope that they continue to release music. That is my hopes and dreams. And yeah, Trot Girl Groups. That's great. Listen to Trot. Who had a wish that came true? So two of the people that I wanted to have comebacks were Rad Museum and Kim Sung-gyu. And both of them have released music by the time this has come out. Rad Museum put up a picture on November 27th of this year saying that new music is coming soon. And then just this past week that we're recording in, he dropped a double single. So that was really great. And I mean, Scene came out like three years ago now or something. So it's definitely been a while and I'm very excited that he is back and making music. And then Kim Sung-gyu's comeback is dropping in two days when we're recording this, so I'm also super excited for that. Can't wait for that to come out and for me to listen to it and again have a really hard time getting his album because <laughs> thankfully, Onyx again, thank you, she was able to get me his last album because I could not find it anywhere. But she was also in Korea, so this is gonna be really difficult. I don't have anyone in Korea to send me anything now. <laughs> Also, you got real lucky. I found that on one of my last days there, yeah, even though I've been looking for it for months. That. And I went to so many bookstores over that. That's so funny. So many places I went to looking for that. And I even had Emily looking with me. <laughs> like any, or if sometimes there was like, like a bunch of people hanging out with us and all going to the bookstore together. And I would show them a picture. And I'd be like, find this album. <laughs> and I'd have people spread out looking for it. I appreciate so much manpower. the effort that was put into it because I really love that album. I am very thankful that you were able Yay. to find it and send it. So the thing that I really wanted for 2020 that happened was I really wanted HOT's Legal Trouble to be wrapped up with their name and their logo. That was the big thing I wanted. And I'm so thrilled that it happened and that this was the final verdict. Like, the guy can't take HOT to court anymore to get stuff out of them. It's over, and I'm so happy. I don't know how many other obstacles they have in their way from SM because I still don't know how much they have left to do. But I am just so happy they're a step closer to it. I'd also hoped for new music from them, but I'm perfectly happy that that didn't happen this year because they were all very busy like we got Hyuk's music and we got tony and hejun in the woods so you know you gotta take what you can get that was the big thing that i really wanted to happen because they've been through so much mm -hmm. yeah we've been following this case for a long time <laughs> yeah and i i'm so annoyed that it has not been anywhere like, the first time I heard about this, it was on a Korean site. And it did not have, like, it did not have, like, many people clicking on it, clearly. And then there was, like, one, it might have been Soompi. It should have been Soompi. Because they were started because of HOT. Mm -hmm. There was only, like, one site that reported on it. But so many people were freaking out over Tiara and over Beast and Xinhua in the past. The, the lack of traction for this is shocking to me because so much... That had been speculated about with SM with contracts back in the 90s was confirmed mm -hmm. through this lawsuit of how much stuff. And also in Jessica's book, Shine, she mentioned some things that were like sort of like off the cuff that was confirmed through this lawsuit. So it really exposed SM for a lot of their 
bad practices. <laughs> kind of surprised. Speaking of something brighter, men, what about you? What more happened with you? So I was also hoping for more solo artist comebacks, which I got some of, like, predicting that Sunmi would have a comeback. That's a pretty safe bet. Her Poripam song was really cute. I did love it. I really wished more former 21 members would have had actual comebacks. Neither Dara nor Park Bum released any singles this year, but they've both been relatively active. But Minzy had a single. She's been having so much trouble with entertainment companies since leaving YG. And I just really hope she don't have to deal with that anymore and can just release the music she wants to release. But her song this year, it was very cute. And I didn't necessarily talk about this too much last year, but in 2019, Mama Moo started giving each member solo songs, and I was really happy that the rest of the members of Mama Moo got their own solo songs this year. Because yeah, in 2019, Hwasa and Ween got their solos, and in 2020, both Solar and Moonbeal got their solos, and I'm really happy to see that. But yeah, any other predictions that came true? So I wanted a comeback for Zetskis. I really wanted them to come out with something new, and it'd been a while. And in January, they released All For You. It was a very sweet song, but the reason why I liked this comeback a lot was how unfiltered they were. There were a lot of things during interviews that they talked about that they've never been so public about before. So... It was very eye-opening because they explained some things about the idol industry in the 90s that I was like, why would they do blank? And then they said, oh, because of the Asian financial crisis, we couldn't do certain types of performances. It's like, oh, because I was wondering why dance music was kind of on the way out. And I didn't realize that, no, it was part of the Asian financial crisis. So there's a bunch of interesting stuff that they were talking about or how energy and Zetskis, and there was like one or two other groups like Teisaja who were formed because of HOT. Like they directly said, yeah, my CEO saw HOT and we were supposed to fight. We were supposed to be the ones to bring them down. That's what they literally said, bring them down. And I not heard that before, especially from energy. I didn't know that they were another group before energy. I would also like to formally apologize. I asked for new music from bts and blackpink this year i said oh we didn't get much in 2019 i'm so upset well we got a lot of that this year a lot <laughs> i'm enjoying it but woo, that was a lot i was not expecting the final thing that came true this year was that pentagon had their first win and i said in last year's episode that i hope that their next comeback which this didn't come true because Dr. Bebe came out first. I hope that one of their releases would be akin to Violet, which was released a few years back. And ever since Daisy dropped, Daisy is the song that they had their first win with, by the way. But yeah, ever since Daisy dropped, I've been saying that it's Violet's older sibling. And I just, I love Daisy so much. It was such a perfect song for them to have their first win with. I wish that Jin Ho was present, but obviously he couldn't be. But also, Daisy marked the comeback of Yanan from his hiatus, and it was just it was just a good year to be a universe, let me just tell you that. Minus the enlistments, but those are inevitable. <laughs> Sometimes you get something good out of them. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was just, I'm just happy. There was a lot of good stuff. And I think that's a pretty good way to close out the year and my predictions <laughs> that came true this year. So my final prediction slash hope that came true was I was waiting for Boa to get some appreciation from SM. And I got it because it was her 20th anniversary. Nice. <laughs> and I feel like I did my part in appreciating her because I got a light stick of hers when I went to the SM Museum. And I also, my badge when I went to the museum was of her. Like, you could choose which artist. Kongta wasn't available before you asked. <laughs> so I went around, you know, wearing her. So if you see any pictures of my K-pop shelf, there's something that's sort of hanging down. That's my little badge thing I got. And it's got Boa on there from Camouflage. So we just talked about 2020. Now, what do we hope for 2021? My prediction is for 2021, I'll seem a bit uh, depressing in a way. But the first one, and probably the biggest one that I can think about, is Blackpink's little sister group, which is set to debut next year. Their current, like pre-debut name is Baby Monsters. They're probably not going to debut as Baby Monsters, just like Blackpink was supposed to be Pink Punk. But they're set to debut early 2021. So I'm guessing, if we're lucky, August 2021. And if they even debut, I'm pretty sure Blackpink will be just set on the back burner since they got a... We call this thing an album. It's not really an album, but we shall call it an album. I don't know. I just, I really, really hope that the new YG girl group gets released, does well, and that Blackpink also gets to grow as artists. But, you know, it's YG. The two, as of recording this episode, so kinda confirmed members of Baby Monsters are both former contestants on Idol Producer 3 in China. And we all know how YG does with people who have been on survival shows, be it a YG survival show, or just a survival show in general. So we'll see. But I think we're gonna end in a big disappointment. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. But I, I can already feel the disappointing coming over the horizon. <laughs> I hope yours is a bit more cherry. <laughs> Sorry. I really want a 2pm comeback. It's been actually a while since all of them have been discharged so hopefully it's on the horizon i mean taekyeon is now under a different company completely but he said that you know 2pm is still one group as people have been saying in recent years when they leave their companies but we'll see mm. i just i don't know i hope if they release a song i really hope they do a go crazy volume two that would be great yeah Oh my goodness. I just want dumbass at full level. That's what I want. <laughs> but yeah, in that same vein, I also want to see Jun Ho in another drama. It's been a while since he's acted, and that's obviously because he was in the military. But now that he's been discharged, he can act again, so I'm excited for that. So my first prediction for 2021, I think NCT is going to release a new unit because, you know, it's been a while. I think the next unit is going to be a Japanese unit. I get this feeling considering the new members and the fact that their placement in what 
groups they're going to go to hasn't been announced yet. Mm. I'd also like to see members like Yuta and Jongwoo in another subunit. And considering that we know Super M is going to have a comeback soon, it would leave 127 and Wavy, and also now technically Dream, with at least one member that they would not have. So I'd like to see them sort of get into that. Hmm. I just want more Yuta. <laughs> that would be interesting. I mean... They've been talking about NCT Vietnam, I feel like, for the past, I don't know how many years, and that never came to fruition. So maybe they'll just, I don't know, maybe not scrap that, but at least put it on the back burner and utilize some of their current members in another unit, like you were saying. Well, and also SM tends to, if they're going to go to another country, they have a member involved with it. Mm -hmm. That's been the pattern since Super Junior. Like when Super Junior M debuted, which they had Hongung as the leader, which as as he should be, and then they also included Jomi and Henry. Right. And then obviously we know about XO, XOK, and XOM. So I'd love to see you know NCT have a Japanese unit. I have no idea what it would look like though. Like I'm hoping for Yuta Shotaro. I want Jungwoo just because he's not in anything else. <laughs> like I like the other people who have nowhere else to go. To go into that. Mm-hmm. But that would make it a very big group. It depends on how long the promotions for Super M were this time around. Because last year they couldn't do as much touring because of the virus. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Min, go for it. I feel like all my other predictions are very obvious. But I think Big Hit will continue to expand. Hopefully they will release a Big Hit exclusive group. Because... I know in the last episode we didn't talk about N-Hyphen, but it's basically a collaboration group between Big Hit and another company. It's not a Big Hit only group, if that makes sense. It's actually what Glam was in the beginning, but back when Glam debuted, Big Hit was incredibly small and all their groups were collaborations between other companies. I'm just intrigued to see what Big Hit does, and I do hope that they actually release more in-house stuff and not just buying up more subsidiaries yeah yeah even though it's very smart what they're doing from a like money standpoint they're making smart moves i just want to i want to see the the creative output of their purchases and the money that they get (laughs) from doing this instead of just being like ah you're making more money cool Mm -hmm. you're buying stuff cool which i just i just wonder because TXT is still so new and it took them so long to debut another group after BTS. I just wonder if they're going to do a similar timeline to that. We're going to have to wait another, I don't know how many years for another group to come out of Big Hit themselves. Yeah, and they're very, very cautious. And I get why they're so cautious. A lot of bad things have happened to Big Hit, but I just want to see the stuff that you make, you... But at this you point, it's like you're doing so well. Things. Like, yeah. take a few risks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Predictions. That's my transition. <laughs> that's the, that's what you get. <laughs> this is more of a want than a prediction because both N Flying's Sung Hyub and Jaehyun have been acting for quite a few years now. Like even before N Flying debuted, Jaehyun was acting. But I want them to break out of. The web drama and like the smaller odd like one-off dramas that they've been in but i want them to be cast in like 
a big name channels drama and really get their time to shine because I think they both are really good at what they do especially Jaehyun I feel like people look at him and they're like oh he's the goofball he's the funny one he's only that but he does more emotional work really well I really think he does so I'm really hoping for that and also I have heard that Yanan is going to be in a Chinese show acting so I'm really excited for that so no real predictions, just more hopes more than anything else. Yeah, that's the end of what I want to see, I guess. <laughs> so what I want to talk about is less of a prediction and more of a conspiracy theory. <laughs> but I'm right. So Wuhyuk from HOT, right around the time of the anniversary, he posted a picture on Instagram of his light stick. Or if he had a light stick, what it would look like. Like it had his hat that he wears from candy it also had the same base and sort of structure like the hot group one and it was very clearly a physical thing like looking at the picture but it was never available for purchase like i looked on his website and i did not find anything i looked on other websites nothing it's massively suspicious though because a few hours after he posted that image jayduk from zetskis posted a picture of a drawn-slash-colored version of what a J-Duck light stick would look like, which these two seem like very different things. But consider that J-Duck and Tony live together, and we know that they're very gossipy. So I'm suspicious that we might have either gotten more light sticks from other members, or at least that the idea has been discussed. And I just think that's very interesting <laughs> because also they only sold HOT light sticks at the concert about one or two years ago. So it's not been available for internet orders or anything like that. So I don't even have one just because of the date it was released on and just that we heard nothing and it was very specific. And then Jadik followed that up in a couple hours. It's super suspicious. <laughs> And also, like, Jaduk and Wuyuk aren't close now, but, interesting note, pre-debut they were. They used to go driving around together. So I just am very suspicious. Why is this light stick, like, the image of it is still, there, is still on his Instagram, but where did it go? Because he had it listed with a bunch of other merchandise that did eventually become available. Ooh. So I'm just wondering, where is it? <laughs> When am I getting it? Or was he just trying to gauge people's reaction? Like, hmm, what if I did this? Because Wuhyuk is very talented, but I don't think he could have made that himself. Maybe a fan did it and sent it to him, but oh there was like no comment. Just like a date of release and then nothing. It's so suspicious. And I just, if they, considering HOT has a group color, but they also individually have their own colors, that would not surprise me if they have a group light stick and then a solo light stick for each with each of their own colors. That would not surprise me. And I would immediately go buy J-Wands, obviously. But I just, I need more information. Also, another thing that I just thought about is also suspicious. Konkta doesn't have a light stick either. <laughs> and he's with SM. Boa's got a light stick. Yeah, but Boa's came how many years after the fact? Like, it takes, it takes <laughs> SM a while to get things done. But Kangta is the last person who, of their active artists, who does not have one yet. Like, I don't, obviously, Espa doesn't have one either because mm -hmm. they're new. But he's their longest running idol who's still performing. 
Like Yu Young Jin, I don't think he was technically an idol, but he joined in 1993 and he's still at the company. But obviously he doesn't perform anymore, so that makes sense why he doesn't have a light stick. But Kangta does. He's been pulling back recently, but he still is an idol. So if SM isn't going to be having any merchandise for him, which I did not find any at the SM store except for that one album, which I told you guys literally was pulled off the wall for me because I went in. I don't think I ever told the full story before, but I was I went to the museum. I asked them, oh, does Kongta have an exhibit? They said no. There's nothing of him. He just has his awards in a trophy case when you first come in. That's the only mention of Kongta in the museum besides like the wall of history of all their albums SM ever put out, including um, Lee Simon's and Hyun Jin Young's albums are there. But then I went to the gift shop and I asked, you know, is there any Kongta stuff? They said no. I went to the downstairs one. They said no. And then Emily came up and she was looking for an album for something. And then I asked another, you know, person like, when will Kongta have anything left? And the person went, uh... And she just literally ripped off the wall album that Kongta put out. It was like a couple of years ago. And she just handed it to me. <laughs> and I bought it. I, so funny. But also, though, that was around the time when... It was right before the time when they said that they were going to close the museum. So they might have been sort of like getting everything yeah, out. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'm just... Yeah, there's just too many things about the timing of Huck's light stick, the lack of merchandise on SM's side, that make me very suspicious. HOT is very suspicious right now. If you love conspiracy theories, HOT is the group for you. Like, if you like the whole Da Vinci Code sort of thing, be a fan of HOT. That's it all the time. So, yes. My last prediction is that smaller companies will focus even harder on YouTube releases than quote-unquote real releases, as in showcase and physical albums. I've seen this happen a couple of times this year while looking for songs for a possible K-pop of the Day Volume 3 that may or may not be happening. But I've come across a handful of groups that have maybe done all of their releases on YouTube instead of actually physically selling albums and doing live stages. And I have a feeling that that is where K-pop is going in the future. Because you already see bigger companies give their groups YouTube channels where they can upload whatever, basically. Like, instead of making a TV show for this group, they just make a YouTube channel now. And I have a feeling that we will see the market shift towards more YouTube-centric and just online world in general than the quote-unquote olden ways of selling albums and having to do music shows. I feel like there's probably going to be more online music shows as well, and it will be interesting. You might be wrong, but that looks like the way it's going. I think you're probably right, honestly. Everything's going way more digital than it has been in the past. And especially with the pandemic, I feel like that's kind of kicked everything into high gear in order to do that because mm. they still want to put out content and they still want fans to have something to consume. So they have to find different ways of doing that. That doesn't include contact. So this is a yeah. good way of getting that across. I also think, though, that a part of the reason why certain groups started doing their own shows was because of issues with certain variety shows. So 
I think that especially for like smaller companies, it's way easier for them to make like their own shows. It's way cheaper. And also they can sort of control the editing better. Mm. Like there's been some variety shows where clearly the idol got in trouble afterwards for something that was not edited out. So I think that it would, I think it would cut down a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, unfortunately, though, it might make the idols more isolated because they're not getting out and around. But then again, it also makes me think of like old YouTube days back in the day when everyone's like, oh, we're putting everything up online. But then VidCon was created because it's like, let's get people off the internet and let's meet each other in person. <laughs> like, let's, you know, and I, as someone who went to VidCon, to me, at least, it was a very necessary part of YouTube because making those connections, seeing someone face to face and going out to a meal with them or just like sitting in, you know, just meeting people in person is just very important. There's a certain thing that's missing when you're online only. There's a certain thing that's kind of missing. So I don't think in-person stuff will ever truly go away fully, but mm-hmm. I think though that the emphasis will be cut down. Yeah. Especially since we know that there are a lot of people who look down on idols. So they're like, okay, then we're going to take our ball and we're going to go home. We're not going to deal with this sort of disrespect. We're not going to jump through hoops if you're not going to respect us sort of thing. So that's a good prediction. So since we've talked about our hopes and dreams for the K-pop world in 2021, let's get a little bit more personal with it. Do you guys have any New Year's resolutions for yourself that kind of relate to anything in the K-pop realm, be it dramas, music, whatever. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? So this is something that actually led me to find Min to begin with. I wanted to get into older K-pop groups and I found K-pop of the day. And, you know, that's <laughs> that's kind of how we ended up meeting. She wanted to find some other people to work on the next volume with her. And I was like, well, I guess I'll try. <laughs> I was just complaining on Tumblr for like three weeks. <laughs> we were like, somebody help. <laughs> it was answered. funny because, yeah, I had seen the post a few times and I was like, if I see that post one more time, I will definitely message her. And I ended up seeing the post another time and I messaged her and that's how this all kind of started. So that's really fun. <laughs> yeah. But during that time, I was not able to get into older groups as much as I would like to. So this coming year, I want to focus on that a little bit more. I want to look at Buzz specifically. They're kind of like a pop rock band type thing. And I watch a ton Mm. of Knowing Brothers, so I do know a little bit about their songs and just them in general because Kyunghoon is on it and they're constantly clowning him and it's just great. But yeah, I really like their sound and I want to know more. So they're at the top of my list. And then Nell is another band that I want to get into, and I know a little bit about them too because Infinite Sungyu is a big fan of them, and I believe he's actually collaborated with one of the members before, or a handful of times, I'm not sure. But from what I've heard of them, I also enjoy their sound. And then finally, I want to get into more girl groups because I have like my core groups that I like a lot and I try to listen to them whenever they have releases. So like A Pink, Everglow, and CLC, I try to listen to whatever they put out. And I also like Cosmic Girls, but I want to not only get more acquainted with those groups' music, but also branch out a little bit. So that's kind of my New Year's resolutions. And I want to get better at Korean. 
let's throw that one in there too. We'll we'll see <laughs> what happens in the course of a year. <laughs> but what about you, Onyx? What are your resolutions for this coming year? So aside from getting better at Korean, because I don't think I told you guys, I bought another book. I bought the second edition. So I am being very serious about learning Korean. Because I know a lot of words and I know a lot of grammar and I can read just fine. But I'm garbage at conversation <laughs> and like making up my own sentences. Mm. I'm terrible at it. Like I get the theory with grammar. That's it. <laughs> but my main things I want to focus on are I want to follow a group from debut because I used to do that back in the days. Like I followed SG Wannabe from debut through their fourth album, then fell off. I followed Dombon Shinki from debut to their first album, then I fell off, but then I came back and then they split and then I was sad. And then there's some groups that are overdue that I want to get to know more about. Like this past year, this is going to sound ridiculous, but uh, this is the first year where I finally found who all the people in XO are. <laughs> I did not know their names. Like Luhan's the one I still can't recognize. He looks very generic. Like I don't. I cannot recognize him, but I learned who XO are, so that was good. But groups I really want to get into this year are Ace. That's the big one because that's Kankta's son's group, which is a reference to something which I'll include the link of. He's not actually Kankta's son, but it's questionable. <laughs> I don't know anybody in Red Velvet. Still don't know everybody in GOT7. I know this is suspicious. Viction, I keep hearing about them. Victim. I don't know Jack. So there's a lot of groups I need to catch up on. Also, I want to get back into Black Six. I liked them with their early stuff. Never kept up with them. So it's going to be me catching up with people. And I also want to make more related content. Because I'm about to finish up the last of my huge research projects. So yeah, I'm ready to apply my knowledge. Especially since I learned a lot about certain things this week. So... I just, I need to apply that and explain it to other people who are not just HOT fans. Because I'm also trying to get back into that. Because there are so many fans of HOT, but we're all split across platforms and languages. So I need to also get better at Mandarin. Because <laughs> there's a lot of fans who, like, I do speak Mandarin, I can read. But I do not read well enough to hold a conversation. Outside of just, like, generic stuff. Like, I can't talk to somebody about a concert. So I need to improve that, but the big one is Korean this year. What about you, Min? Do you have any resolutions for this coming year? My goals for 2021 that are K-pop related is basically start dancing again. I pretty much stopped doing dance covers in general, not only K-pop dances, but all dances, around April, and then just never started again. So hoping to redo that that's fun and yeah just i'm probably the one out of the three of us that follows the most releases but a lot of the songs that i find don't really end up in any playlists or i like actively listen to them even if i like a song i'll probably listen to it once and then just vanish from my mind so i'll probably be better about that i wish i could be like i want to collect more k-pop things because i my K-pop collection is two albums I got used, but that is a money thing and I do not have the money to buy excess things, even though I wish I did. I don't. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much 
all that we liked from 2020 and all that we hope 2021 will give us. And as I said at the very beginning of the episode, this is our last episode in a little while. We're gonna take a small hiatus basically to rethink the show, hopefully make it better. We would love to get more people involved because we are currently, it's only us. And we're not really good at this. So we're hoping to take a little break to restructure some things. Maybe we'll get some music and just in general, hope to make the show better. And if you have enjoyed our test run of K-Pop Sunday, please share it with your friends. Please give us reviews. Even if we're not here, we will still be here on other platforms. You will still be able to reach us. And if you want to ever say hi, just please do. And yeah, hopefully sometime next year, we will not give you specific dates now because we want to keep our track record of releasing on schedule happening good. And uh, if we say that we will release it on a specific day, we probably won't end up releasing it on that day. So hopefully sometime not too late next year, we will be back with the season two and it will be great. So thank you for being with us this year and I hope you will join us next year. And I usually do a song of the day segment. This episode has been long. We've mentioned a lot of songs, so we're not going to do that today. But if you look at our wonderful episode description, there will be a lot of links. <laughs> You'll find a link to a Spotify playlist of each of our favorite K-pop songs of 2020. So I have my own playlist filled with a lot of girl groups, surprising to no one. JRs with a lot of boys and Onyx with a lot of weird stuff. And it's great. And if you want to get closer to whatever weird music tastes we have in the k-pop realm go check out the playlists that will be linked and there might also be a link to a very very long k-pop christmas list because we're very close to christmas and if you like christmas music i got you covered <laughs> i have made a very long and thorough list of k-pop christmas songs it's wonderful my wrap-up for 2020 is that I learned so much this year. And there's a lot of times where when I'm doing research for HOT, I find stuff and I'm like, wow, I'm an idiot. Everyone else knew this fact except me. And then I will go post it in our Discord. And the relief I feel when the other guys go, what is this? I'm like, thank <laughs> you. It's not just me. <laughs> there were a lot of things that just kind of, surprised me this year and also it doesn't help that i've learned so much korean recently that now i can go to like dom or naver and go read through stuff and so i'm learning more that way because there's way more information in korean than in english so hopefully the result of that will be that i get to share what i learned this past year with everyone else next year because of that one big project that's coming to a close so yes thank you for staying with us we've really grown this year so yeah i obviously we didn't start right at the beginning of 2020 we did start in october of 2019 but just the fact that we have been doing this for over a year now is kind of crazy to me like i was trying to think of something that i've done 
longer than this that was not school and I don't I like I don't know if I have ever done anything so consistently so I just I'm kind of proud of myself in that sense I'm proud of all of us for doing it but just me personally like going this long and I've enjoyed so much of it like it's been so fun to send each other articles in discord and just research for everything and then record it and then freak out about stuff and like what should we do about this I don't know we gotta we gotta get we gotta figure it out though (laughs) there's been a lot of troubleshooting but there's also been a lot of fun mixed in with that so I just I want to thank you guys for doing this with me obviously it wouldn't be the same if you know one of us wasn't here and I'm just happy that we're all still together and we're all still enjoying this (laughs) so yeah Happy end of season one. The biggest lesson is how we learned friendship. Shockingly. Shockingly enough, that's true. Yeah. Friendship was a really important thing this mm-hmm. year. Because we were, we did not know each other when we started this. That is true. We like, talked together once uh, in voice chat before we started recording, and we are like, oh, <laughs> yeah. friendship has been achieved. <laughs> we also had meetings, didn't we, back in the day? Yeah. Like back when we had like the yeah yeah we, we had meetings, meetings for was it was yeah. it was a few because we started this what um, K-pop of the day two started late very late twenty eighteen and I think we started yeah. talking through voice on in like March or April because we were trying to figure out what to do next yeah so it's been yeah. a long time. It's my fault y'all have Discord because I was like, I don't want to deal with Tumblr messages. Tumblr messages I know. suck. Oh, yeah, no, Discord is perfect. <laughs> I agree. We have so many little channels. <laughs> but And we bug each other. <laughs> yeah. Shall we go over to trivia question? <laughs> answer? The last trivia answer? So last time I asked, what album came out this year with a craft kit? And the answer is... 17. They had a special album called Semicolon. You may open your eyes now. And I put pictures in the Discord so you could look at it. So it was a boy group. So this album, it was a boy group. Yeah, they came out with a weaving kit. And it even has like thread and like a little needle. And you can make your own little semicolon. That's so cute. I'm genuinely tempted to buy this album because it is so unique. Like that seems like a little historical thing. Like, this is something that belongs in a museum someday. <laughs> me and Jong Woo Hook, me and Woo Hook, we're going to make ourselves a, me- a K pop museum. It's going to be better than SM. <laughs> it's not hard to be. <laughs> so, if you have the chance, I highly recommend that you pick up this album. Also, I will be posting these pictures on somewhere. I don't know where, you- probably Instagram. I do not have this album myself. I found out about it because a friend of mine. She bought the album, and she knows we do these trivia questions, so she said, hey, I got something for you. So, I would also like to offer that if you have something that you think would be a good trivia question, let us know. I'll write it down. Promise. So, with that out of the way, let's finish up the last episode of Season 1. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSunbays or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description, along with those playlists that Min mentioned earlier. Also, don't forget that we are going on hiatus, but more information will come and we'll post that on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Annyeong.